and welcome to this podcast of Voice of Believers. Our goal with this podcast is to bring you biblical truth as well as instruction to be a servant for our Lord Jesus Christ. Becoming a Bible believer is as important, if not more, than ever. In this podcast, the foundation and basis is always the King James Bible of 1611, our pillar and our ground for true doctrine. like to welcome you to this newest podcast uh, from Voice of Believers. Last week we have talked to you about the subject of eternal security. We'd like to continue this. Today uh, I would like to take your attention to Galatians 2 verse 16. The Bible says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Today, we're still talking about a subject that Paul has settled with the Galatians 2,000 years ago. The same problem that we are facing today when people say, well, why can you say that you're saved when you're doing this, that, and the other? Mm-hmm. Well, there were people came to that church, and, and, the, and Paul said in Galatians 3, verse 1, oh, foolish Galatians. He called them foolish mm-hmm. for what? who have bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ had been evidently set forth, crucified among you. And so the problem was people came in there and said, you had to keep the law. You had to be circumcised and all that weirdness. And Paul called them foolish. And I call everybody today foolish that believes that you can lose eternal security based upon what you're justified by the faith of Jesus Christ. Now that's something that uh, last week you called it the, the uh, uh, technicalities or the um, oh the uh, mechanics of salvation the mechanics the mechanics mm-hmm. and and that's that's just a fact most people either they have only heard half of the gospel yeah. or they've never understood what that all meant I mean we what is it about thirty eight things that happen when you when you get saved that's it, that's it. um so <laughs> it's it's there is a lot more to it than just well I get I made a prayer and and uh, and, and and I let Jesus Christ come into my heart well that's uh, that's my that might be uh, nice and watering down the day but there is a lot more that happened than that you didn't let anything in God came into your life and he uh, saved you. And he uh, adopted you and he justified you, as we just read. And the justification is probably, again, according to the law, when a man is justified, he's justified. You can't, you can't bring accusation against him. Amen. And that's, that's going back to the, um, or, or to further uh, that thought there on justification and the mechanics of salvation the Bible says about Jesus Christ with one offering, he's perfected forever them that are justified, uh, that are sanctified. And so if Jesus Christ has perfected us, how can we add to perfection? What can we do to add to perfection? If it's perfect, then there's nothing else you can do. How can Uh, a glass become fuller when it's already full? It's it. (laughs) It's going to start flowing over. And that's the life of the believer. And see, that's the thing. People mistake the life and the walk of the Christian with their salvation. And there may be times in my life, and there should be times in every Christian's life where they flow over, they overflow with the blessings of God, and they they have so much truth and they have so much joy that it flows over into other people. And there may be other times where you may be going through a hard time, 
And if people were to look at your life at that segment of your life, you wouldn't want to be judged for all eternity by, by that segment of your life that you might happen to be in. Now, we may be talking to some people today that you may be in a real good place in your Christian walk today. Praise God for that. But we may be also talking to someone that's really struggling right now. And I've talked to Christians over the years, and some of them uh, tell me, uh, you have to talk to Christians a little while, and you just have to have a good memory. And the people will tell me, well, you know, I went through a phase where I got saved and I fell back into smoking and I smoked for about three years, but thank God I got the victory over that. And that same Christian will turn around and judge someone they see doing, uh, doing a sin. And I tell them, but wait a minute, were you saved during that three year window where you were smoking and you were still, were you still saved then? Yes. Well, how do you, why do you condemn this brother here that's sinning at this moment? All you see is this moment of his life. And the, the Bible says in, uh, in, first, uh, in Romans chapter 14 about judging another man's servant, he says, yea, he shall be holding up for God is able to make him stand. And we as Christians, we have to judge for fellowship. We have to judge to whether something is right or wrong but we shouldn't be judging whether or not to place someone in heaven or hell by something that we see with our eyes. I try to make a judgment with someone when someone tells me a testimony of their salvation and they tell me, uh, and they uh, tell me what they believed when they trusted the gospel. I make a decision then on whether or not you trusted the right gospel, but I can't tell you by looking at a segment of someone's life, whether or not they're saved or not. And that's why the importance of eternal security is there is because you're going to have seasons in your life, hopefully, and pray, and I pray to God that those days are few, but you're going to have days where uh, you don't feel saved, uh, where some of the things that you've allowed to come into your life are not indicative of a born again uh, child of God. And those things should be brought under the blood of the, the Lord Jesus Christ and should be repented of but that is by no means uh, uh, in, uh, connected to your entrance into, uh, into everlasting life, uh, which is, by the way, and, and I hope to hear your take on this, I've heard a lot of people speak of a, a, a everlasting life or eternal life as something that begins once we die, uh, that once we die, we enter into everlasting life if we've been faithful in our walk here. And so everlasting life becomes this pie in the sky mentality that one day we're going to start having everlasting life. We have everlasting life right now, brethren, you, uh, brethren, ye are now the uh, sons of God in first uh, John chapter three, we have everlasting life right now because everlasting life is a man. Uh, and it's the man, Christ Jesus. Well, the Bible says in Philippians three, verse 20, for our conversation is in heaven from whence also we look for the savior the lord jesus christ so yeah my body my uh sorry my soul and my spirit uh, I, I as strange as that sounds i could only with my personal imagination it's almost like there's a hologram of me in heaven i'm already living in heaven it's just my conversation is already in heaven i already have it it's not like something i'm gonna get now my body which needs to be changed into immortal, which it, need, it needs to be changed into uncorruption. Well, there's something else. Yeah, my, right. my body is going to go, which is why and people always have a hard time when I talk like that. I tell everyone, they say, when I die, 
first of all, I want you to sing Jingle Bells in minor. And second, <laughs> of, I, I just I heard that somewhere. I don't know who did it, and I thought it was funny. And second of all, I said, don't mean that in the forest the animals gonna eat eat that eat that stuff, you know? Because either I'm gonna eat be be uh, eaten in uh, <laughs> in a in a um, in a um, what is it called? Um, uh, in a graveyard, or I'm going to be eaten in 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 a forest. It really is immaterial, mm. in my humble opinion. And you know, people always they make a big deal over here where I live about the fact that you know you shouldn't burn a, a dead oh, person yes. and cremate and all that stuff. And I always tell them is enough. I wouldn't probably I wouldn't do it. Um, but you but you you know you give it a little bit more years, maybe a couple of decades. Maybe not even that, and you're gonna, you're not gonna have a choice anymore in some countries. You, you don't even have a choice right now in some countries. Now they say, well, but the corruptible has to has to take the incorruptible, uncorruptible, and all that stuff. Well, yeah, first of all, that that means of the rapture, and God always has a way. But uh, <laughs> which is why I'm not, a, I'm not at the least worried about that body of mine. I'm third, I'm turning 38, and I can tell you, and this is sounding strange to most but i can tell already uh my body is not as what it was what it used to be right. and and so it, it's declining and uh you know the other thing that i thought was interesting it's about sanctification the bible says in first thessalonians 4 or 3 for this is the will of god even your sanctification that you should abstain from fornication so most people take that and say well why Wait a moment. In in the Bible says in First Corinthians six verse eleven, and such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, but you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. And they say, well, what now? Do I need to do? Am I already sanctified? Am I going to get sanctified? Am I what? What is it now? And I think it's both. <laughs> That's what most people have a hard time with. You are sanctified. But you, but you are still sanctified. There's still some sanctifying that, that takes place. Um, which is going to help you once you're washed, once the final sanctification comes, when your works are tried <laughs> in in the fire. Not that's not the baptism of fire, by the way. Uh, <laughs> uh, once your works are tried, that's your final sanctification, and that's uh, when the sanctification process, if you want to call it that, is, is complete. Amen. So, again. Uh, a very si simple doctrine, in my opinion, that some people you take weeks upon weeks upon weeks. When I teach it, I teach it once. And I said, this is it. It's both. Maybe. You are sanctified right now, but you were sanctified already. I think the, the I think you said it last week in the podcast um, when it comes to uh, judicially and separating the ju judicial uh, application of the blood of Christ and the sanct uh, judicially, we were sanctified once for all, forever, and the day that we trusted Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross and rose from the dead, judicially, he offered sanctification everyone that believes that gospel. That's, that's Christ's part, and that's the part that gives us everlasting life. The practical part of sanctification ensures us, number one, that we'll have peace uh, with God, that the power of the Holy Spirit of God works in our life, uh, I mean, I mean, without uh, just off the top of my head, there's so many factors involved in the practical life 
of sanctification, but none of those are connected with your eternal security. That is that has to do with your walk here on this earth, your your peace, your your promises that you're going to inherit uh, the power of God, and one day your inheritance. When, like you say, when you once you get before the judgment seat of Christ, but the Bible says in First Corinthians chapter one. Uh, in verse 30, it says, but of him that you uh, are that are called in Christ Jesus, whom of God are made unto us wisdom, righteousness, and sanctification, uh, and redemption. So Jesus Christ was made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and also redemption. That's what he did when he lived here for 33 years and offered his life up on the cross. What we do when we accept that, we receive that imputed to us and what we should do after that we've been born again is we should walk according to that and we should cleanse ourselves. In fact, 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 and 8 says that if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have uh, fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us, uh, cleanses us from all iniquity, from all sins. That's if you walk in the light. That's the practical application of sanctification. And it has, of course a great impact on the lost people around you. If we can walk a sanctified life in Jesus Christ, we should, every born-again Christian should walk a sanctified life because we are sanctified. You know, most of the time when the world or worldly Christians or Christians that don't know the Bible, they bring verses from the Bible most of them, I think, are humorous. For 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 example, if you if you bring anything against eternal security of what Jesus Christ said, you're you're just ridiculous, because Jesus Christ did not talk to a Christian. He did not talk to the church. He did not talk to a born again. He talked to his nation, and he was talking to them about, and he was preparing them for a time when, which is called Jacob's trouble. So. That, that's humorous to me. Now, James, the, the book of James is what most people take in James 2. And I could go to the traditional exam, uh, explanation, which I don't think is wrong, but I'm just saying it once. Yes, it is written to the 12 tribes and it is very applicable into the tribulation. But even if you don't take that, it's still humorous to believe that James 2 teaches you can, that you can lose it because, and here's the reason why. James 2 says, if you, if you, if you don't have, if you, if you have no works, your faith is dead, which mm -hmm. is true. It is true. It is true. That's a universal truth. Yes. yes. Your faith is dead. If you have no works to show it's dead. Well, to whom is it dead? To the Lord Jesus Christ? Of course not, because he gave you his faith. His faith is not dead. Amen. <laughs> his faith is very much alive, which is what I make such a, why it's a, such a big deal to me that Ephesians 2, 8, the gift of God is, is the faith. And, and, and uh, uh, Galatians 2.16 even says it, the faith of Jesus Christ. And uh, so once I took Jesus Christ, once I accepted, it's better to say I didn't even take him, I accepted the fact that I'm a sinner, accepted the fact that I'm lost, accepted the fact that I can't do anything. That's when he gave me everything, including his faith. Now, of course... If I'm a thief and I'm murdering people and I'm known for that, and then I come and say, well, by the way, I have been saved for the last 10 years. Jesus Christ forgave it all to me. 
the world and everybody around us will laugh at me and say, well, who are you? And they just, and, and it's justified. But right. before God, all God sees is a sanctified, righteous, justified, uh, clean man that has not done all these things because Jesus Christ washed away them. But again, my faith looks dead because most certainly I can't show anything with it. So again, you know, you might have another verse that you want to point out, but I think it's most, it's just humorous. Nowadays, I'm when people come to me and talk to me about verses that, that proves otherwise, I'm like, that's no proof. That's your own personal preconceived ideas that you bring into the word of God and you're taking Paul way out. You say, Paul don't matter anymore. It's only Jesus Christ. You know, most people think like that. They think Jesus Christ, he preached to me. No, he did not. When I say that, I made one time a YouTube video in German about that. Boy, you couldn't believe how many people came to me and, and thought that I was, that I was, you know, Judas incarnated. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it, it was bad. I mean, people thought that I was, and I said, well, who did he talk to? <laughs> Not me. I think people, uh, it, you pointed it out last week, um, it's, it's very unfortunate that we have to make a disclaimer saying we're not hyper dispensationalists because we rightly divide the book. Um, and, but you said something very interesting. And I think, um, I would like to comment on the book of James. Um, one of the most interesting, uh, observations about those two things and you brushed up against it. And I just wanted the, the listeners to maybe double down on it was, the fact that James, in James chapter 2, he says, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith with my works. So that's two men, just like you said. That's what people perceive about us. In Romans, the Apostle Paul, he approaches this subject much differently. When he talks about the faith of Abraham, he says this. He says, For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. And see how see how Paul does that? He separates who, who yeah. we, we have to do with God. We don't have to do with man when it comes to our eternal security. It's dependent upon what God says and what God did and how God views us. James shows that what we do among men matters, and we should show a right representation of the gospel that led us and born us again to Christ, uh, we got born again in Christ, we should demonstrate that kind of a life. And that's among men, but that does not. And by the way, he says that, uh, uh, is like you correctly said, if, if your faith is without works, uh, those faith that those, that is dead. Uh, it doesn't mean you're lost. It just means you have a dead faith. It doesn't, it doesn't it say that faith without works, that, that faith without works, you're lost. No, your faith without works is dead. Most people read into the word of God Amen. what they want to read or what they have, like I said, a preconceived uh, uh, idea. It's really, you know, I learned that important truth in my life when I um, studied or when I, uh, I, I'm doing a lot with creation and evolution. Mm -hmm. And one thing I understand is that when a person goes to Grand Canyon, they bring a preconceived idea into that mountain. Yes. And they say, well, wow, billions of years ago created that based upon the assumption of uniformitarianism. And <laughs> that is an assumption. 
And now you take the assumption away. What about if it was a catastrophe that created it, which can be proven by Mount St. Helens? Mm-hmm. Uh, what about then? Then it doesn't need billions of years, doesn't it? Yeah, you're right. But that idea cannot even be that nobody engages that idea in any school today and say, well, no, that's, that can't be, that, that's just impossible, which is, the, but that's, the other thing is ridiculous. <laughs> and right. the same thing Christians do today when it comes to the subject of the Bible, when it comes to the subject of eternal security, it isn't interesting. When it comes to the subject of the Bible, they say, well, we need to go to the Greek. That's ridiculous. Why did God say, I preserve my word in a dead language? Right. What, what that is not a that, that's not even that that has nothing to do with science that is that is historical science best what you what what a person tries to say same thing with eternal security yeah but but if i take myself away from the hands of god then i'm lost well how can you take yourself away from god well if i if i depart from the faith well how do you depart from the faith well, if I sin, well, what kind of sin? And see, then it comes to men who judges which kind of sin it is and yes. which it is not. And by the way, show me one person. And I'm even calling out Michael Pearl in this podcast. Show me one person that has been, since he was saved, perfect in his walk with God, meaning he has never sinned once. I mean, right. never. Not in his thought, not in his speech not in his actions not in his anything and if you show me that person i'd like to talk to him well you 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 said that earlier in in the book of galatians and and that is the problem when you put yourself on when you make your faith and you make your entrance into heaven dependent upon you keeping a good testimony and you keeping the works the bible says that you put yourself under the law and he said he called them fools for doing that the foolish galatians he says you put yourself under the law, law, you've, you've put yourself under the curse, then cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things that are written in the book of the law to do them. If, if you put yourself under the curse of saying, in order to get to heaven, you have to have a Christian walk. Well, that what you're saying is, is a perfect walk. And that is the walk that we should be striving towards. But as you said, no one is perfect in that walk. And God does not accept imperfection. And that's something maybe, maybe, maybe the scriptures are, are, are too high. That's the, ob- that's the obvious uh, excuse that people use, that it's too high over my head. Well, get a hold of this. If, if, if God allows imperfection in heaven, how many Im- imperfections are you allowed to have? If, 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 you can, if your entrance into heaven depends upon you doing your best, to keep yourself unspotted from this world, how many spots will God allow? And the answer to that is none. God will not allow any sin. God is of purer eyes than to behold evil. Uh, In Habakkuk chapter four, you cannot stand before God and have any sin on you. And that's why the Bible says that you're going to stand before him at the end of the days, blameless, blameless how could you ever think that you would stand before god blameless if it were not the gift of god that's the only way you cannot stand before god blameless everyone in their lives if you would just pause right after this podcast and give some thought to your life you know deep down in your heart that there's maybe no one that you have in your vicinity 
but someone around you knows that you're not blameless. And if no one knows it, you know it in your own heart. You are not blameless. And the only way you can be presented blameless for before God is that we receive the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ. And it's not dependent upon our words. And that settles it. By the way, you know more about food. I want to take this last allegory. I love bread. I really like bread. And I shouldn't like because bread really is, it is, it is, it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> At least the bread that we're eating today. People think that if you eat dark brown bread, it's better than white bread and all that weirdness. Bread is bread. <laughs> interesting enough. And here's the, the thing. The Bible says a little leaven, leaven the whole lump. Now, interesting. And I would like, maybe, you know, I would like to know what kind of bread the Lord ate. Uh, that did not have any of these uh, ingredients that mm -hmm. that are harmful. And that's exactly, if you go to a church that believes in losing your eternal security, I believe, here's what I really believe. I believe that not only do you have leaven in your church, you have the modern bread that with gluten or whatever people call it nowadays, uh, I don't even know the word, you know, I say gluten and people say, to tell me it's gluten and I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, what I'm saying is you have more than that. You have basically a cake in your church and, and a bad cake, not even a good one. Because nothing, nothing, by the way, about a cake or a donut is good. <laughs> it, it tastes good, but that's about Oh, it. you're done going to preach it now, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's not going good it, once it's in your... It's like your mouth says it's great. And see, that's what people do. They go into these churches and they hear that stuff. And, and at first, their ears, it, it, it tickles the ears. It's great. Yeah. But once it comes down, it's not honey. It's, it's, it's bad stuff. And the whole body sometimes, I don't know, you know, I'll, you put all the chocolate in your, in your mouth and you, and you love it and you, you get really excited about it. And then at some point, your stomach and everything in your body says, why in the world are you doing this to me? Yeah. And, and I think that's the same thing here, which is, like I said, I don't know what Jesus Christ, what kind of bread I would like to know because I would like to start eating that because maybe I could substantiate my living bread, uh, brother. That's what we need. Living. Bread. <laughs> so, you know, and that's, it, it is that important. It is that important. It's, it's just like with health, you know, I think people don't understand this, but they destroy their spiritual health slowly with these kind of destructive doctrines, just like Amen. humanity today. Um, they, they have they, they have COVID as a final destruction point to their body, but their body was being murdered long before that with their poisonous food that they have taken to themselves. True, true. and that's that's I think eternal security is it's it's <laughs> it's the real COVID. <laughs> Amen. Well, I I tell you, I think it's uh, having been here in Germany and ministered here in Germany, um, I see how much of a lack there is of sound doctrine and teaching on this subject. So I'm very thankful that we were able to sit down and talk about this. I hope it's been a blessing to somebody. Um, I really do. But because I think it's very, very important for your personal walk, uh, for your local church, and one day uh, for your eternal uh, rewards in heaven. I think it's very important that people get this doctrine right. Yeah, I believe you're right. And like I said, uh, I say to every podcast, if you have questions, come to us, answers at Voice of Believers or the Voice of Believers to come. And uh, if you if you look for someone who can disciple you, that's, you know, that's why we're doing this. 
we do this so the work gets up but more than that listen a podcast a youtube channel that we're having is not going to disciple you it's it's going to give you some some something to to think about but more so is you need to have a person that disciples you that's what god uh, how god made it that's the one-to-one training and uh, there's iron. yeah there's two of us that are more than capable of doing that and hopefully you you will go over that obstacle and say don't go and always ask for a church ask for someone to disciple you i think that's a better question Mm. Uh, because if you look just for the church there is many churches out there but some of them are just wrong most of them today are wrong which we're living in the last time so hopefully you will come to us hopefully like you said this podcast has been a blessing to you and um yeah we'll look forward to the next one